So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. Hey, I got a, a five-star review for the Certified Price Reduction course. Our CPRC, which is a hot course now, you can get this price reduction course. It's teaching you basically how to get a, an instant price reduction on all your listings. By going to futureofrealestatetraining.com, and while you're there, you can take any of the other courses there. Tons and tons. I'm extremely satisfied after I finished the price reduction class because... Of all the useful scripts I gathered through this class, Mike made it really easy by giving great examples of when and how to use them. Thumbs up for sure on this class, especially if you're trying to represent your clients to the fullest, wonderful Jonathan West. Five stars. And uh, that's from Jeremy Quayley. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, we have a fantastic guest for you today, Mr. Bob Lachance. Bob, former hockey player, professional hockey player, Reva Global Virtual Assistant Staffing Company, and a ton of other stuff. Entrepreneur, investor, you tell me, Bob. There's like, I literally have an entire page that I don't even know where to go. So why don't we just start with what you want to tell the Rockstar Nation about you? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. on yeah, podcast. pleasure. It's an incredible podcast. I listen to it probably two times a week. Um, nice. There's a lot of incredible things that I take from this. So thank you for having me first and foremost. But Our pleasure. Uh, just a little bit about myself. Uh, I started investing back in 2004. Uh, prior to that, like you said, I played uh, professional hockey for eight years. Fortunate enough to do that. Um, I got drafted by St. Louis Blues. And what is it? Now, now I'm aging myself. Back in two, uh, 1992. Wow. And then I went to Boston University for four years. Two classes short of getting my degree. So <laughs> I know. I know some of your guests have degrees, some of your listeners have degrees, some don't, but I'm still two classes short. I've told my kids that I will go back one day to get that degree, but today is not that day. No. But anyway, I started investing back in 2004, like I said, Uh, but prior to that, played professional hockey, and then uh, my transition was pretty interesting. So I know um, many of us have different transitions from, from one career to the next, and the career path It's not the easiest, as you know, right? Jumping from one industry to the next. But if you have passion and you you have that drive, you could do anything. So that's one of the things that I do. I do tell everybody that I speak to. Um, Why real estate? What was it about real estate that got you involved or got you into it? To be honest with you, the the main thing was I didn't have to go back to school. (laughs) All right. Yeah. I actually read a lot of, you know, I read a lot now, but back in school, I didn't read a lot, but now I do. And I actually spent a lot of resources on education and books and listen to podcasts. So I love all of that stuff, right? Um, I joined a couple of masterminds as well. Um, I don't know if you, you do any of that. 
any masterminds, but I think those are powerful. Yeah, so that's where I know Pat from is GoBundance and M1 and, and a lot of different masterminds around the country. Awesome. So from that in 2004, I met my first business partner and I did a rehab to get, in start, to get started in the real estate and then I jumped in the short sale world. Um, so we've done probably over 700 short sale transactions within that time. Wow. I also got my real estate license back in 05. Uh, within that time too, I started a short sale coaching program with my, with my old business partner, who's still one of my great, great buddies and a mentor of mine. And then in 2006, 2007, we, we helped start another coaching program, um, which I'm still involved with today, which is an incredible, incredible program. But within that time, flipping properties, wholesaling, short sales, rehabs, commercial, I'm working with students and in my own business, and I realized there was something missing with not only my business, but with our coaching students. And that was time. Time is a huge factor in every one of our businesses. You know, my, my agent business as well as my investing business, time is really, really big for all of us. You know, many of us have families. Many of us, you know, we fall into two different categories. We either want a better lifestyle or life balance, or we want to grow our business. Right. And all of those relates to, relates to time. So yep. back in, let's say, 2013, I got introduced to the virtual assistant world. You know, I didn't even know what a virtual assistant was, to be honest with you. And then, you know, Pat and I and, and everything, Pat was my old business partner. Everything that we, we were doing and in our, in our coaching programs um, that we we're working with, we always looked at, and I come from a, a kind of a, a servant background, if you will. I'm not saying that, it, you know, I play even in a hockey. Do you mind if I take a step back and I bounce around? Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, even when I played hockey, I was, I was more of a playmaker than a goal scorer. Right. And when you when you're a playmaker, you set up obviously someone else to score goals and and the goal scorers typically get the accolades. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. And, and when you look at that and you look through that lens, I never understood that till I got older. Right. The older you get, the wiser you get. You start looking at back at the things that <laughs> you start putting definitions on. Right. Yeah. So, you know, me being a playmaker. It's the same thing. I've always looked at the lens of how can I help somebody else, right? Yeah, I love that. So now, I finally figured out back in 2013 that the virtual assistant world can be that answer to what my, I need in my business and what our students need. So 2014, I launched my first company. It was kind of a test company to, to make sure, and that was my uh, virtual assistant company. That was my first virtual assistant company to find out to see if it actually worked. Right, so I did a two-year run, two-year test where I created a recruiting company. This is out of the Philippines, recruiting company, training—not uh, recruiting company, recruiting department, training department, placements department, and an operations department. Nice. Right, to, to see how that actually worked. because you know, I had a background in education, not in school education, but right. <laughs> business education. Right, so we set all that up within within the Philippines, and then. Uh, broke off to, from that one company, started our own back in, two, uh, restarted our own uh, back in 2016 because the proof of concept worked. Yeah. And we launched it and now we're, we're here today. So what's your, your teams that you spoke of that are there in Connecticut? You've got an investment team and do you have like a standard, standard sale team, like a retail team? 
It's only investing now. Only um, investing. Okay. Back in 2005, I got my real estate license. You, you'll enjoy this story. You mind if I go off and uh, start talking? Absolutely. All right. So back in 2005, um, I got my real estate license because it was just, it added to the investor side, right? Sure. And when I got my short sales, I would list those properties. And when I was list, list those properties, I would work with a team of agents. Um, I listed this one property in Guilford, Connecticut, and I got 60 calls when I was eating dinner with my family. I threw my hands up and like, dude, I'm done. I am never going to list another property <laughs> in my life. But what I did at that point, I just referred everything out. And then I gave up my license a number of years back um, and just have real estate agent teams that I work with. Got it. Okay. How many, so let's, what's the structure of your team right now? Yeah. So the structure of my team is I have an acquisition person here. Okay. And virtual assistants do the rest of my business. Cold calling, following up, uh, working on my direct mail, um, and then the calls come in. So they set, So the, the main thing that I have my virtual assistants do is gauge seller motivation. So because I found that that's the most tiring thing. When I first started real estate, I think I was telling you this before, before we started talking here, is I door knocked for a year straight. This is back Every day. Every Ugh. day. So that's from 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. I'm in Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I door knocked. So my partner, he wasn't my partner at the time. I first joined him and he's like, hey, Bob, here, have a script. I'll give you a list of free foreclosures and a script. Go door knock. I'm like, all right, cool. My, mo- my, me- uh, my main mindset that back then was I want to learn everything from ground up. Yeah. Right? Again, I knew nothing, man. Well, it makes sense though. Yeah. But I literally knew nothing about the real estate industry. I was learning from him. I bought courses, invested in courses. Didn't you feel like that was better that you kind of didn't know what you just didn't know and you just, that naivete, like just let you go do your thing without thinking of the fear and all the shit that could have happened? Oh, 100%. And and the way I looked at it was I want to learn everything from ground up because now I could teach it, right? Right, 100%. That's a great philosophy. And you know what's funny? It's, it's, the challenge with a lot of services, so obviously I have a service today and I also invest, but a lot of service providers don't actually use their products, right? Or service, which yeah, I mean, I'm not saying every one of them, I'm saying a number of them don't, which I think, I think it'd, be, it'd be great if they all do because then your service is going to get better and better and better. Like I, I love when I hear, you know, individuals that actually have a service and they use their own service in their own industry, right? I think that's the coolest thing. Yeah. Like that. I think that's something that it, you know, everybody, you know, that's if everybody does that, I think the services will get better and better and better. Yeah. Cause then, but they're actually, they're using what they created to continue to upkeep it, change it, shift it, course correct it. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Like we talked about before is the industry changes, right? Every industry changes a little bit. The real estate agent industry has changed a lot, right? To where, you know, it's going away from, you know, you can only be on an island by yourself, one single agent to teams, right? right? Let's talk, let's talk more about that because that'll get us into the virtual assistant thing real quick. What's your team production? Like, what are you guys doing per year? Do you gauge on that? Obviously you do it. Yeah. So here's the cool thing about me. I only want to do one deal a month on the investor side, right? I have, you know, I invest in syndications. Um, I have my virtual assistant company. I work with a lot of different coaches and and coaching students as well. So I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I have two commercial buildings as well. Um, So I only on the flipping side and the real estate investing side, my goal is one deal a month. That's it. And then what's your, what's your traditional or typical profit margin from a flip? today because i know that the flip 
flip profit margins have changed big time. I know it has for us. Yep. What are you looking at today? Ours used to be $27,000. Right? Yep. So that used to be our margin back in the, the short sale world. Yep. It's down to about nineteen to 21000 Wow. Okay. So I don't know what yours is or, you know. Are we talking, when I say flip, are we talking about a full out reno back on the retail market sold flip or are we talking about a wholesale flip? It's a mix of wholesale and reno. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And again, I'm in Connecticut. So we look at an area. So my most recent flip was in East Hartford, Connecticut, right? We bought it for, we we're supposed to buy it for 85, but you know, the, it ended up being 95. Yeah. We sold it for 140, but within there, it was a $19,000 profit. So okay. Okay. that's a lower end, you know, you're talking about lower end um, yeah. rather than, because we stay within the 100 to 300 mark. That's where our sweet spot is. Okay. I would say that ours runs about 25,000 right now, but that's down from 40,000. Right. Right. You know, they were, they were like, like two years ago was much bigger, much yep. bigger. What do yeah. you, what do you attribute that to? Like, what do you, besides the market shift and the natural cycles that it takes, what else do you attribute that? that lower profit margin too? You know what? I think it could be their buyers or the sellers are more educated, right? You know, there's a lot more online resources, technologies readily available and things like that. So that, I mean that, and I'm okay with that because as an investor, I have to make sure that I stay up on the market, right? I got to understand number one, when I'm selling a property, how many days in the market are there? When I'm systemizing my business, I have to stay up to date on the changes and how I could actually tweak my system to get better. That's why I'm fortunate enough, even with my VA company, my virtual assistant company, on when I'm testing things in my own business, it relates to right everyone else's business. So that's the cool part of, of how that happens. All right, Bob. So tell me, what, what do you think the biggest changes are in the market? Obviously, the markets are shifting. I mean, in the investment world, the flip world. Why are profits down? That's what we're talking about. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's, it's buyers out, or the sellers out there are more educated. Got it. I think, uh, you know, you and I talked about that a little more. You know, you got, you got online technology websites, right? Zillow, yep. et cetera, that um, are really putting a big push, right, on educating sellers because they're getting into that world right 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 now think about this when was the last time you actually got a seller lead and they're like well my house next door sold for x amount of money right that's the difference they're more and more educated on that but i think that's a positive thing right because um the more challenging things get the more money i'll make in the end because more people drop out right because That's you just mean agents that, that aren't like you mean the competition that aren't educated, and not competition in terms of sellers, but competition in terms of other agents or other wholesalers right. or investors. Yeah, I totally. Agree. Right. I and, that, and that's why I think, and that's why I think it's really, really important for everybody to stay connected, stay educated, right? Yep. Join masterminds, join coaching programs. You know, get just stay within you know communities of individuals that are doing it. I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Education, it's in today's market and today's industry and today's economy in the real estate world, you have to be educated. If you are not educating on a weekly basis to find out what's going on around you, whether you're a single agent, a team owner, an investor, a wholesaler, a flipper, just a you know, multifamily buyer, you're hurting yourself. You're definitely hurting yourself. And staying plugged in, I think, I think that's really, really important to stay plugged into right. 
you know, different communities, right? You know, your local market, whether it's a, a local real estate investing association or your, your meetup group that you're running, it's, it's with other individuals. Yeah. Other like-minded individuals right. that are challenging and pushing you that's to be better right. and you're pushing them to be better. Yeah. That's a huge differentiation for sure. Yeah. So what, we were talking about this earlier before we started recording. What do you think is going to happen to, I mean, the industry five years ago was not what it is today. And technology is speeding this thing up big time. So in, let's say three to five years from now, what happens to the average regular standard sale agent? What do you think is going to happen? I personally think it's going to get more and more and more difficult for them to make money. You know, there's so many things there. There's when everything goes more and more customer service, right? Yep. That means it has more tasks and more things for one person to do. So when you have a team, now you get to outsource certain things. Like as an example, let's say I'm a single agent. I have 10 listings, right? Each and every one of those listings, I have a laundry list of things I have to do, right? Right. However, if you have a team, now what you do is you create the task for each team, right? This person's going to do this. This person's going to do this. This person's that allows you to leverage each other to now grow those listings from 10 to a hundred as an right. example, right? So I think, and this is just my opinion. I could be hundred percent wrong, but it's just my opinion. Your opinion's not far off of many others who, like you who are, who are industry experts, industry leaders who are saying the exact same thing. I mean, a lot of the interviews that we've done in the last two to three weeks, they've all said the same thing. Education is key. Agents that are not leveraging, they're not learning how to run a business, they're not building and or joining teams, they're going to go by the wayside in some capacity because the clients demand more. And agents, there's only so much time that you have. And if you, if you want to scale up, you've got to have leverage, which brings us to our next topic, which is your company, Reva Global, which is a virtual assistant staffing company, which is, uh, I'm, I'm extremely curious about this because I have some virtual assistants now and I need to scale up. And so I'm all ears, man. The whole, we're, we're, we're the audience right now. So tell us yeah. about Reba. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, in my, in my opinion, it's a, it's one of the premier companies. And again, obviously I'm biased because yeah. I, <laughs> I own the company, but we service both agents and investors, right? Okay. So without, without doing a, a, a sales pitch, what I like to say is real estate's simple, right? And it's really broken down into a simple five-step process. So whether you know, you're an agent, whether you're uh, an investor, whether you're a property manager, you know, the way I look at it is there's tasks on your desk right now that, is, that anybody other than you should be doing. What I mean by that is anything over phone or the internet, we should be outsourcing. So if I'm an agent and I have to, I have to sit down on my butt, right. To do work that should be outsourced. Right. So, you know, I I created, and this is the giveaway that I'll give that I gave you guys. It's a checklist. It's a four checklist. It's a four step checklist to freedom. Um, and what it does. And I talk, this is what I talk about all the time, whether an investor or an agent, they ask me, they say, Bob, you know what? I know I need help. I say, okay, cool. My first question I say is, What's the biggest pain point in your business? Very simple. Yeah. And then everybody's going to tell you exactly what that answer is, right? And what I said, I think I said this, said this a little bit before, it falls into one of two categories. It's either they want a better life balance, right? Yeah. Which means more time, or they want to grow their business, which means they want to make more money. But they'll give me that answer, and then I'll give them exactly what tasks that they could outsource. Love that. that and sense? so 
what's the, I know that my biggest fear, let's say, or barrier to entry with the VA world was that I, I was afraid to give up control. I was afraid to let go that who's this person on the other side or the other side of the, 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 the world, you know, like in a different, completely different time zone than me. And, and they're going to deal with my clients and do, are my clients going to trust them? Are they going to make me look bad? I mean, those were all my thoughts. Are those the same things that you experienced from people like kind of barriering or getting through that barrier? 100%. And, okay. and, you know, starting a company, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, well, why would anybody, you know, trust anybody? Why would they do this? Right. But you have what's going on now and, and where we're at in, the, in, the, in our industry, in the world. A lot of things, big companies are cutting costs and everything's going virtual. Yeah. Means that there's more trust and more trust factor, right? For me, I had a tough time cutting the cord for sure, right? It's like nobody could do it better than me. Right? Nobody could do it better. I'm the best at this one, one particular task. But that's a limiting mindset, and that's not scalable. 100%. And yeah. that's exactly where I was going with that. You have, <laughs> you, know, you have two different mindsets. And if you have that limited mindset, you're, you know what? You're going to stay where you're at. You're going to stay small. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be overworked. Right? You're going to be, hey, I'm not going to let you do anything because I do it better. Um, that, what, happens is, what happens to the body at the time and the mind is you get burnt out. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, we talked a little bit about outbound dialing, right? Uh, our guys did it in the office, and they got burnt out. Right? Yeah, they did. So we when I three to five hundred phone calls a day <laughs> to people that don't necessarily want to talk to you, exactly. yeah, man, it just starts to take a little piece of your soul every day, and then eventually you're like you're hollowed out, and you get in, you're like, all right, I, I can't make the calls anymore. Yeah, and you're like, you know what? Now I don't want to go to work. Right, right, <laughs> right. You know, for me, when I first started, I told that, and, and when I got home after door knocking, I would skip trace and then outbound dial too. So Damn. when you couple that, yeah, dude, for a year straight, like a year straight, I was, I was pretty gassed. And then what I did was I replaced myself and added someone else in. But to get back to what you were talking about, it's the same concept, right? There's no reason why any one of us, whether you're an agent or an investor, do outbound dialing. No right. reason at all, because you're going to hate what you do right? Period, period, period. So like I was getting, like, like I was saying before, so the five-step process, your, your marketing is number one, right? Your lead intake is number two, yep. uh, analyzing, offer, and selling, right? Those are the same five things, no matter what, if you're an agent or an investor, it falls somewhere within those buckets, right? Well, what's so, three and four? Three and four is deal analysis, like running comps, yep. and then making an offer, right? So writing contracts, that's, it. That's exactly what one of your, your virtual assistants are doing for, for you guys, right? Right. Yeah. Because that's uh, what we wanted to figure out was, and I learned this analogy, and he's going to be listening to this podcast. So a friend of mine said to me, because I said, look, you know, my, my dad always taught me in business that you should teach all, all the people that, that you lead to catch the fish and give them fish. And he said, well, what if they don't want to catch or find fish or yeah. learn how to do it? What if they just want to man the grill? And I was like, huh, that's very interesting. And so I think about that now and I, I, I need people, like if, it, if you're dialed into just manning the grill and because that's the, the clients don't care where you got the fish necessarily. They, they don't care who the hell caught the fish. They want to know who's on that grill and putting the spice on and bringing it to your table. Right. And that's the agent. The agent's the one dealing with the client. So why should they be going to catch the fish? They just need to cook them. And that, that's going back to exactly what you said. It's, it's letting go to some of the tasks, right? right? You are the best at what you do, right? Whatever that thing is. Right. 
I thought I used to be the best in everything, but I'm not, right? I mean, we're, we're only kidding ourselves if, we're, if we are, <laughs> think we're the best at those things, right? And I always like to say, do what you do best and outsource the rest, right? Do what you do best and outsource the rest, right? Because you, you, you can only do so much stuff in your day. What about the, what about the, and I'm sure you deal with this, having this company, the agents that are kind of stuck. And I think we've all been there at a certain point in our, in our internal growth of ourselves to be able to grow our businesses. What do you say to the agent that's like, yeah, I know I need to do that. And I know I need to scale up, but I don't want to spend the money over here. And I don't trust the time. I don't trust this person over here. And I need these clients. And they're like, you, you hear that like resistance mode, right? What do you do when an agent's in resistance mode? How do you help them? get into action to take a step forward. Cause you know, when they look back, they're going to be like, God, thank God I did that. Well, we have a lot of, we have a lot of clients that are actually like that and they I'll have this talk, right? I'll have them a motivational talk to say, listen, how much you want to grow? What are your goals, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Try to build a plan for them and they won't do it. Right. They'll come back a year later. Like, dude, Bob, I wish I did. <laughs> right. Right. You only push somebody so far, right? right? If you're, think about this, if you're mentoring someone in your office, a new acquisition person or whatever, right? And you tell them what to do. They don't do it. They don't do it. They don't do it. And finally they implement it and they're like, dude, I wish I would have done that a long time ago. Right. Right? right. It's every individual is different. Like that's why I love dealing with, with athletes. Athletes have a, they're wired a little different because they're always, they, they come from a world where the coach tells them what to do and they do it. Right. So that's the beauty of dealing with like-minded individuals. You got to, you know, we do a lot of disc profiling, behavioral prof profiling with all of our virtual assistants. So we know, you know, if you have a high D and high I, guess what? They're going to be very good on the phones. Right. If you're high S, high C, don't put them on the phones because yeah. they're not, they're going to quit tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> or today. Or today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so I think, I think that's important that, you know, you, you can only do as much as you can to educate the train and try to push, 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 push. Not everybody's going to be ready at the same time. Right. And when they do, they will go back to you and say, you know, I wish I did that. I wish I did that. That's something I wake up in the morning every day is, is you know, it's kind of like when you, when you want that next sale and you don't make that next phone call, right? Right. You're kicking yourself. It's kind of the same concept to where, you know what, I know if I'm, now I can manage my VAs. If I'm not going to make that next call, I'm going to make sure my VAs are calling all day long. Right, right. And then what do you, what do you say to somebody who says, I'm the only one that can do that? It's a, that's a very dangerous mindset in any business. Very dangerous. Or my clients only want me. Yep. Well, I mean, that, again, that goes back to that limited, limited belief. I have a lot of case studies that have individuals just like that and say, you know what, what is your end goal? I'll start with that. What is that end goal? I'm the only one that could do it. Okay. Well, what is your end goal? Is your end goal really to grow your business or is your end goal to work 24 hours a day? Guess what? If your end goal is to work 24, 24 hours a day, my answer is you're right. right. <laughs> Nobody's better than you. Right. You're right. And then I also say, listen, you know, with that belief, I used to have that belief as well. I'm sure you probably did as well right? Yep. That belief will only get you so far. And you could push someone, push someone, push someone, push someone. And I mean, I know for me, for me, I'm only as good as my team, right? You know, 100%. I look at the company that I built with my virtual assistant company, you know, my departments over there, my, my team is gets better and better and better every year. And I think it boils down to the training that you give them to get them better. Right. And 
I can't remember who I was talking about. It could have been you. What were we talking about? Your, the, the individuals. No, I was actually talking. No, I wasn't talking to you about this one. But I was actually talking to my buddy that came over last night. We had a couple drinks. We were watching a hockey game. So we were talking about, hey, it does not matter at all the resume that you have. Like, I don't give a crap about a resume. Right, if I know. think you're coachable and I think that you could actually attain the goals that we set for you, dude, yeah. I'll bring you on a team all day long, right? So let's, let's dig into that for, for a second because I, 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 I mentor and coach a lot, of, a lot of people in this business and I always tell them, even people I bring on here, people that I usually don't bring on, they'll ask me why and I'll say because I, I believe that you're not coachable and, and, and you don't have a great attitude about coachability. Can you speak a little bit more on that? Because there are a lot of younger, maybe, maybe like the millennial out there that says, I don't know, I can do all this stuff myself. I got this. I got technology behind me. Coachability is key. Anybody will hire you no matter what your skill set if you're coachable and you have a great attitude. You know what? I'm gonna, I'll add to that too. It's also never burn a bridge. Yeah, yeah. You never burn a bridge. And, and when you're point. younger, it's pretty interesting because you never look at what's tomorrow. What's two years? What's three years? What's four years ahead? And it's the right. same thing with real estate investors, right? It's a shiny object syndrome, right? They'll start in wholesaling, they'll jump in rehab, and they'll go over here, they'll go over here, they'll go over here, right? It, you you got to make sure that you hone in on that thing, right? But to, to take a step back and get back into to coachability, yep. um, I coach my three kids right now in, in ice hockey, right? My oldest is 15, my middle girl is 11, my youngest is nine. And I look at the older kids right now, the 15-year-olds, which we'll get to what we're talking about, right? And if they think they know what they're doing and they won't listen to you anymore, what happens is they'll get less ice time. Right. They'll get less production on the ice because they'll turn the puck over at the blue line and they'll score against us. Same thing with, you know, if you have a new acquisition person that comes in and they think, and they, think they know what they're doing without asking for your help. Yes. Here's a good thing, though. Let them fail. Right. And I think that failure is the best thing. So if you mentor someone, you say, listen, um, I'm going to help you. I'm going to guide you along the way. And I'm telling you, if you do it this way, this will happen. If you do it this way, this most likely will happen. Yep. Right? I think the best way to mentor someone is to educate them. And when they fall flat on their face, if they don't pick themselves up and say, hey, now I understand what you're saying. Get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're totally you're right. right about that. Because so what Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, sorry, sorry, go ahead. And another thing is, a little thing is, don't over-talk somebody, right? If you have a mentor and, you have, and, and, and let them talk and let them educate you because they've already gone through and they're trying to help you. So if we're talking the younger generation, please open your ears. Please listen to the people that actually have done it and gone through it because that's going to be best for you later on in life. Yeah, and I don't mean younger just in age. Younger could be inexperienced too. I mean, you could be 50 years old getting into a new business right. and be open, be coachable, be, be open to what someone who has, you know, 20 years experience, as long as they are where you would like to be or they're, they have a life. So that's the other thing. It's not just about production. If someone has a lifestyle that I like, I want to know how they did that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow them. I'm actually going to follow more someone that has the lifestyle that I want than the, than the uh, business or the money that I'm looking at because obviously the lifestyle is a result of, but the guy that's living the lifestyle and not just talking about the business, that's where I want to be. 
And, and so the age thing is pretty, pretty interesting. You're hundred percent right. Cause what yep. you see is sometimes in the older generation, they're, they're going to be jumping into real estate, right? So whether right. it's agent side or investing side yeah. and the more coachable that we all are, I mean, I'm 45 now. Right. And I always look at, you know, every individual I speak to like this, this we're, we're bantering back and forth. I learn a lot by this, right? If yeah. you have an open mind and you have, a lens i always look at it if you could change your lens one little click with every interaction you have you're going to be 10 times better off later on yeah very true very true so let me let me let me ask you this if you could so pat has this question where he asked like what which regarding your number one source like how could you help someone get into like action like production right away but like using the virtual assistant platform like starting today Every single one of these podcasts, Pat and I get private messages from people, DMs from people, emails from people. They got it. It clicked with them. And so somebody's listening to this right now and they're at that point of like, I got to do something different. I've got to do something different. What are their next action steps? What should they do? I mean, obviously call you. That's preferable. Yeah, yeah. No, no. What I, what I, <laughs> that's <laughs> call me first. Call you. Right. <laughs> What I would actually, and, and here's what I would do, and, and, and I talk to every business owner and I say the same thing. You know, write down what your biggest pain points are. So for instance, if your lead generation is what's slacking or lacking in your business, right? It's, is it your social media presence? Is your presence out there? Because, you know, and, and I talk about this a lot about social media. And one of the things that a lot of people drop the ball on, if it's not, if you don't have a presence out there and people have no idea who you, who you are, right? They're not going to work with you. So for instance, you know, if you see a new business, where's typically the first place you go to look up to see if they're actually in business? Facebook. Facebook, right? The internet. Yep. So if you don't have a presence on Facebook or LinkedIn, obviously in the business side of it, um, and that just means posting something a couple times a week, right? Um, That's just a presence. That's because, you know, think about this as a real estate agent or investor. If I see your name, I'm going to go to uh, Facebook. I am going to Google it. And if I see you haven't posted in a year, I'm going to be like, this dude's not in business. Right, right. right? They're not active. They're not. And that has to do with, you know, private, guess what? Private lenders, hard money lenders, right? Other investors, other agents, buyers, sellers, they look at all of that stuff right away. They totally do. Yep. So that would be a pain point for a lot of people is I don't have a social media presence, right? Um, My lead generation is not there. Okay. Well then if your lead generation is not there, give us a call. Um, and we'll help you look at some of those tools that are actually useful, where those lists are, what people are using, et cetera. And we'll get you plugged in with one of our VAs that knows what they're doing there. Got it. And then what about the fear of, and I want to go back to a couple other action steps that people can take, but what about the fear of, well, what if the VA just like fails and they leave? Like, what do I do? If you, we took yeah. two weeks, we trained this person and they left in a week and now I'm back to square one. What happens then? Well, it's actually interesting you say that because we, so we train our VAs on, so I, I like to call it the 80-20 rule. So we have a, a month training for our virtual assistants. First of all, on the recruiting side, we send them through a four-step process. We do background checks, disc profiling. All of our VAs have four-year education, right, college degrees when yep. they come to us. Yep. So through that process, and then it jumps to our training team, which we have a, a four-week training platform where they do a bunch of stuff, running comps, outbound dialing learning how to write contracts, et cetera. So within that, within that month of time, then they go to our placements team, which they do a disc profile, right? right? So, which now we know when our client comes, 
exactly what they're looking for if they want outbound dialing. We make sure we line them up with a high D, high I, et cetera, right? And then our operations team, so what they do is we have a business coach on top of our VA slash coach, uh, VA slash client, I should say. So we have a, a individual who manages the VA and client relationships. So if what happens is if a VA doesn't show up to work, we have a backup VA to, to actually plug in to what they're doing. So we have, that op, you know, we have the option. So let's say um, the VA resigns for whatever reason. They're sick, they have family issues, whatever it is. Then we just go into our pool of VAs and replace them. So the pain right there Fair enough. is a lot less, right? And the reason why I say this is because, you know, I've gotten VAs before I started this that actually did that, right? I worked with them three weeks, four weeks, all of a sudden, boom, gone. Yep. I'm like, where the freak are they, right? I'm like, yep. where the freak are they? And all of a sudden now, I had to go through the, the, the whole process of finding resumes, sifting through resumes, oh. interviewing every blah, 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 blah. So now we cut all of that pain point out. I don't know what I was so scared of before. Now, like now looking back at it, it was, you have to just take action. I, no, obviously I knew what I was scared of, but I don't, I see it as just a learning piece because when I had to go through those same things, like the VAs just quit and I'm like, okay, well, that sucks. Well, I can either stop or I can go back and maybe I'll find a different company or maybe I'll find a different source or maybe I'll try and hire myself and train in house, whatever. So it's nice to have a company that can take care of all that stuff for you. What, do you, what is one of your biggest pain points in your business right now? So one of my biggest pain points, I would actually say the contractor side, right? Okay. I think a lot of people in the, in the so I'm just going to put my investor hat on, right? And not only myself, it's finding a good, good contractor. You know, the last flip I just had, I had a painter that was horrible, right? It's just that, you know, it is what it is, right? I had my main, my main guy moved to Florida, right? So that have been, you know, you're now it's, it's, it's the contractor world because, hey, let me give you a good tip too. For me, it's a contractor world, but you ever go to thumbtack.com? Yeah, I love thumbtack. Dude, unbelievable. Yep. I just hired someone from thumbtack and they're phenomenal. So I just, not to change the subject, but from, the answer was it's contractors. No, but you know what? You hit on a great point. I've never brought this up on this podcast. Let's talk about thumbtack for like a minute because we're, I think we're running on an hour here. Let's talk about thumbtack for a minute. I just hired a person to teach me how to play the piano on thumbtack.com. So for those of you that haven't heard it, it's called thumbtack.com, T-H-U-M-B-T-A-C-K.com. They have an app. Literally anything that you need leveraged or taught to you or done for you, thumbtack got it. From a full house renovation to someone to teach you piano to a painter. Yeah. What, what did you use them for? Painting? I did, yeah, I did a painting and also power washing. Oh, power washing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So my wife just said, dude, I, this morning, I love thumbtack. Kyle <laughs> called me last night because we needed a, uh, we have a backyard sport court and we needed someone to come power wash it because in the wintertime, we put a, an ice rink on it and we had the oh, tire, yeah. a bunch of mold and slippery and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so we, <laughs> we went to thumbtack and got someone to power wash. He's coming over. Gonna power love wash. that. Love it. And you know what? If they don't, come over or if they do a bad job you rate them on thumbtack and thumbtack basically trashes them right or, or, or cans them and like takes them out great great point that was a great point i'm glad you brought that up so the answer uh, was contractors so that was okay. the biggest pain point contractors what are you doing to solve it yep so we all yeah. have that yeah we you know i have a lot of investor buddies now we're starting to work more with each other say hey this is a great painter this is a great you know and okay. i think that's the best way to your network right your network your network is your network right 
So that's Got it. So books, podcasts, what are you, what are you reading now? You mentioned you read a lot now. What are you reading? I, I actually, this is the newest one. It's called The Happiness Advantage. Oh, um, I like that. Positive Brain Fuels uh, Success in Life and Work. Who's that by? That is by Sean Aker, I think. Eight. Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker. Is it Aker? Aker? Yep. What's my, uh, my other one is, uh, what is it? It's, it's actually on top of my, underneath my computer. It's oh. Drive. Yeah, it's Drive. It's is drive. The okay. And then um, what other podcasts do you listen to? You know, a lot of them are uh, Cashflow Diary. You got yeah. you know, flipping, flipping Success. Um, I actually love, and this, this is a great one for me, is MFCEO. By Andy Frisilla. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a, the language is, is yeah. you know, hey, I'm from a hockey locker room, so I love, the, I love that language, and it's second yep. nature to me, but it's an incredible podcast. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of a lot of different – obviously, your podcast is incredible. I listen to it all the time. Thank so, you. Yep, I would rank yours number one, and then MFC you know, number two, and then so on and so forth. But I'm a huge podcast junkie because – you know, and I take notes on a lot of podcasts because I think it's really, really important. There's some great takeaways. I mean, great resources you can learn from podcasts. Yeah, you know, someone's story has so many pieces in it that you can, you can part together or piece together into your own life and just take a little tiny chunk here and a little tiny chunk there and a big chunk over here. And then the next interview, you listen to this one. And it's, yeah. it's, it's really good to hear other people's stories. For sure. Another podcast called Wealth Fit is really, really good. It's good. It goes cross grain on on real estate and investing and things like that. So check that out. That one's pretty good too. You might like it. Definitely. So what do you do in your downtime? Coach my kids. Hang out with my kids. Play a little golf as well. well I haven't played enough golf, but uh, golfing yeah. would be one and coaching, coaching my kids and running after them. I love that. So Bob Lachance, you're going to leave us with the, the four item checklist of freedom. Yep. Where can people find you? They could, they could email me direct at bob at rivaglobal.com. Check out my website, uh, rivaglobal.com, R-E-V-A global.com. And you can find us on Facebook. I left our Facebook page there, our Instagram page. So you can find me everywhere. So just uh, those are my best contact. So everybody, you can check out hybendigital.com for all of Bob's contact details, a picture, the, uh, the four-item checklist of freedom, more information on Reba Global, you name it. Bob, it was, it was a pleasure having you, man. It was really fun talking to you. I, we probably could go another hour at least. I could talk forever. So I, I, know, I, wanna, I really wanted to get more into the investing. You know what? Let's have you back and okay. we'll only talk about the investment stuff, how you structure, how you set up. Well, I'll set that up with you. I'm, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot you an email and then, like Pat always says, Next time I'm up in Connecticut, man, I'm going to look you up and get a hockey lesson from you. <laughs> Absolutely. The door's always open. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate All right. It. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button yes hit subscribe please the more subscribers that we get on real estate rock stars the better guests are attracted to the shows we'll get more guests from the top companies from the top teams and even more celebrity guests like robert kiyosaki and barbara corcoran also if you're not a member of our free facebook group go to real estate rock stars radio right on facebook and 
join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers, and I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.